All right, everyone. Hey, welcome to season two of the Life and Phases podcast. So excited that you've decided to join us. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Matt, and I have here with me Emily. How are you doing, Emily? Hello, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a while. It has been a little while. It's good to be back. Yes. Good to be back season two. Hey, we have you know really hit on the younger years uh, in season one. So if you haven't had a chance to go listen to that, make sure to do that because we'd love for you to chime in and hear a little bit about what we talked about when it came to kids all the way through high school students. But t- now we're, we're going into a next series. So Emily, why don't you talk a little bit about what we're doing here with this next season? Yeah, I'm really excited. The structure is changing a little bit, our um, loyal listeners. So we went through K through high school, birth through high school, I should say. And now we are launching into college students. So we're talking about all things college. Um, so after this, or starting with this phase, we're going to be doing like little series of each phase. So we'll do kind of like a deeper dive. Cool. And that's what we want to do, like dive deeper into these different phases. So we gave you overviews. Yep. But now we're going in more Now we're going deeper. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And, and we're kicking off today with some of my favorite people. Uh, I know I say that every episode, but um, these guys really are some of my favorite people, and that's Ben and Joe Miller. You say How you that guys every doing? episode? Uh, I think <laughs> I have. That hurts, Matt. I think I have. But you've got to understand that this is the first time I've said it in this season. Oh, okay. So it means something special. Um, so I'll have to change that, I guess, moving forward. But um, Ben, Joe, so glad that you guys are here with us. How are you doing today? Really well, man. Thanks. Okay. That's yeah, good. That's well. good. So we are excited because we love you guys. You guys are at Illinois State University and also impact Illinois Wesleyan University, Heartland Community College uh, with an encounter ministries. Is that right? That's right. How long have you guys been doing that? Like how long have you been um, like focused on college students in this area? Well, I think we've been doing, we're starting our 24th year of campus ministry um, our first six years were at EIU. Okay. And so I think we just finished up year 17 mm. here, which is crazy. Wow. That is crazy. Me. But yeah, so it's been a while. So we're going to really get more into like your story a little bit uh, here, in a, here in a little bit. But have I ever told you my Eastern Illinois university story? <laughs> I don't no? think so. Okay. So I'm I was looking scared. at EIU. Like that was the place I was going to go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I was also looking at ISU. Came home from my visit at ISU, and there was a red bird on my porch. And I thought, this must be the Lord. You know, I wasn't even a Christian, you know, at the time. I just thought it was like this, this picture. And I had some friends that were EIU graduates and I told them, I was like, so excited. I was like, guys, I'm going to ISU. I saw a red bird on my porch. And one of the guys goes, would you expect a panther? (laughs) Cause that would have been terrible. It would have been terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. You would make the local news for sure. Well, yeah. And you know, if you do the math, like, Red birds are popular in <laughs> yeah. Illinois. Panthers. It's like our state like bird or something, yeah. have right? a lot of yeah. symbols. Yeah. Don't some people yeah. think that that means that it's somebody from heaven? I don't it's know. Like, yeah. There's like it, a lot of meanings. Well, I thought it was, um, yeah. but it wasn't a panther. So anyway, that was... That's if, how you decided that's, your, If Chief Alinawek had been on your back porch, <laughs> this would be a whole different <laughs> life story. Let's be honest. I couldn't have gotten into I with my grades. Um <laughs> So you guys have been here 17 years. Is that right? That's right. So one of the things that we like to talk about is um, where do you guys like to eat? Like what's your favorite Blono food spot? Because we're trying to build up our uh, sponsorship, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. So where do you like to go, Joe? 
Ancho and agave. Okay. For oh, sure. I'm with what, what, what for do you. For sure. What do you get there? Tacos, and you have to have the Mexican street corn. You have to. Oh. I could just have Mexican street corn and be happy. It's so good. I've never had their Mexican. Have you How have you like, not yeah. ever had, You've had it? it? You've never had it? No. They like cut it straight what? off the cob and put all this stuff in it. It's crunchy. Yeah, and it's Oh, good. it's so good. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Okay. If so I'm going to pay. And then there's tacos, but I, I like that the best. But if I'm going to pay money. <laughs> I'm not going to pay money for corn. Yes, you are. This is different. <laughs> but this street is different. corn is way different. I promise. You, you have just to try it. It's different. I think corn, so. Though. I think so. <laughs> I uh, everybody come out mad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I went to Ancho yesterday, actually. Okay. I did not have the street corn. But well, next time, will you make me a promise that you will try I, it? And I will let try me know. it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Shout out to Ancho and Agave, <laughs> and we would love to uh, get some tacos maybe for our next podcast recording. We don't so. have any mm. from, uh, well, I won't. I yeah. won't throw everybody oh, under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> ben, what about you, man? Like, what, what's your favorite place? Uh, what's funny, I was going to say one of my favorite places that we always used to go to when we would go out of town um, is Giordano's. Mm. And, uh, but then, but once they moved to town, it's less special. Dude, so I, I absolutely special adore Chicago deep dish pizza, but we have it far less now that it's here. And that is awful. So, so it's we, the same thing with trampolines. Like if your neighbor <laughs> has a trampoline, you're like, That's oh my true. gosh, trampolines. And then yep. your parents get you a trampoline. You're, you're never like, on eh, It's not that big whatever, of a deal anymore. Yeah. 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 No, true. So we used to live North Suburbs, Chicago, and mm-hmm. Giordano's was number one on my list. Like yeah. it went Giordano's, yeah. Lou Malnati's, and then Gino's East. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when now it's like we live in bloomington we haven't had it because it's it's just kind of like no big deal now yeah, yeah. It used to be a thing and now, yeah. Yeah, so and somehow it doesn't taste the same here as it does in chicago mm. i don't know yeah. it's just something about the air it yeah. is i think so <laughs> it is air, it is so. the air it is the air that impacts <laughs> they the have sauce. better pizza air than they Blano. do oh, i think man. they do yeah so fun <laughs> fact tell me you guys what's a fun fact about you guys you guys have one we were talking about this on the way here. Yeah. I decided I'm too boring to have nope. fun facts about No, me. not true. I think maybe. We also decided this was the hardest question on the sheet. <laughs> I think it should be. <laughs> I think it probably is. You guys are too humble. I think so. What, did you get figure out one? Oh, man. Or, or you just you roll, go first. You just riding I'll follow with, up. You're just riding with the boring. I am. I mean, I think a fun fact and is not pr- very typical is we do have six children. That is a fun. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Ages seven through 20. Yeah. And oh. we, our first is getting married this summer. Crazy. So oh. to be as young as we are and to have six children and <laughs> one getting married, I mean, that's so fun, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially, I mean, <laughs> the Lord has you, blessed you all. As you guys are, what, 28? 28. Yeah. 28. Wow. Uh, We've been doing ministry since we were in preschool. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Started so, young. boring parents of six. There we go. That's that's, <laughs> that's the fun fact. Well, well, and I feel like because Matt McLean is sitting across from me, I have to say that I am a cub you are. fanatic. Yeah. I love them with my whole heart more Ooh. than I should. Ouch. And they did just sweep the Cardinals not too long ago. They're currently getting swept Keep by the Mets, but that's okay because I, we swept the my, Cardinals. Uh, I think my headphones cut out. What did you just say? <laughs> they did what? They swept. Oh, right. The Cardinals. <laughs> I, am, I am the most pessimistic Cardinal fan <laughs> on the planet, so oh. I'm not surprised. We're we're not very good right now. So, but hey, you know what? We both have the same amount of World Series in the last ten years. <laughs> so I will say that much. So, um, okay, that's all that needs to be said. That's good. <laughs> you know, Emily w- would love for you to kind of save us, save save me at least from <laughs> Joe's non baseball fan from Joe's wrath. Oh. And just kind of kind of kick us off with a few questions here. <laughs> okay. 
So you guys talked about your story a little bit already, but will you guys tell everyone listening how God led you to ministry and why you guys are so passionate about this age? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, it, it's funny because people will ask all the time, um, you know, if I sensed a call from the Lord, you know, from a very early age, and, and I don't know if it's just God choosing to wait or if I was just this clueless, <laughs> um, but, but I had no idea that that's what I would be doing. Uh, neither of us did. And so I, I went to school to get a teaching degree. Okay. Um, and you know, student taught, did all of that, planned on teaching, uh, high school English. That was the plan (laughs) and graduated, worked for a couple of years in the business world and got a phone call from my campus minister and God had done so much in my life in college. So he he really transformed who I was the end of my high school, uh, my time in high school and then in college. And so so yeah, when people talk about, you know, when did God call you? Like I, I actually got a physical phone call from my campus minister who was like, hey, have you ever considered doing this? You know, because mm-hmm. they were opening a position with worship and discipleship. And uh, so we as a newly married couple then started praying through, is this what God has for us? And and obviously, ultimately, the answer was yes. So yeah. life transforming struggle in that post-college moment of uh, of God altering our paths which I love because obviously that's where we were supposed to be. Yeah. So you literally got a call. Yeah. It was literally <laughs> a phone call that was like, that's would you awesome. consider this? It's like, huh? Yeah. And did so. you guys, did you go to a campus ministry yourself when you were in college? Okay. We did. And that was like big transformation for you. Yeah. I think, I think God had primed the pump for me. I mean, I can let you speak for you, but for me, um, you know, my faith became real when I was a senior in high school. Uh, there's a guy who reached into my life and started discipling me and made a commitment for Christ when I was in junior high, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what that meant right? and, and was not living that life and didn't know what following Jesus was about. And so there's a guy, my senior year of high school who kind of, you know, I didn't know it was discipleship at the time. I thought, I thought we were just hanging out and being friends. Um, and we were, but there was, there was a lot more intentionality going on in what he was doing. And so when I eventually left, um, and transferred to Eastern to do school there, uh, man, God, uh, that's where I cut my teeth. I mean, that's where God really grew me up in that space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had a, a big passion because I see that story happening over and over again in the lives of our students from, I mean, cause I had grown up around the influence of the church much of my life. And, uh, I mean, not everybody in my, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a typical Christian family. Um, you know, we didn't all sit around and, and sing and do devos together. That's not the way it looked, <laughs> but I was around church. Um, and I, I was influenced by the church a lot. I just did not know what the Jesus following life was until, until probably 18, 19, 20. Yeah. That's really cool that you talked about that discipleship. Cause I feel like when we talk about evangelizing, sometimes we want to force it, but mm-hmm. some of the best is just it's natural. Yeah. It's yeah, a it's natural seriously, environment. Later on, I mean, 10 years, maybe, maybe five years later, I was reading books on discipleship and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> that's what he was doing to me this whole time. Yeah. You know, which is cool. I love yeah. that that intentional investment really transformed my life in that space. That's cool. How about you, Joe? Um, I grew up in the church. So I grew up around, I mean, that was my life. Um, that's what we did as a family. And we probably did do devotions and sing together. My my parents kind of have a weird church background. I always call them hippie Christians because we would go <laughs> in and out of churches, you know, churches that you'd spend the whole day on the lawn having picnics with everybody and everybody had long flowing skirts. And I don't know, these. Just <laughs> we would do house church for a while, okay. then we'd be back in a different church. And so I just never knew anything different. There was mm-hmm. nothing traditional about 
my Jesus upbringing. Um, and then going to Eastern, I think that I'm just really thankful that I found Christian community right away. And because I don't know, my personality would have led me to the sorority life, the party life. Um, I think that's something I would have indulged in and would have really enjoyed just the constant social life, things to do all the time. Um, but I'm grateful in those first few weeks I found at the time InterVarsity and those were the people I plugged in with and those became my roommates later. And I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful that God took me to Eastern Illinois and helped me find Christian community right away. Cause I wasn't necessarily looking for it. Um, but that's where I ended up. And I'm grateful for that. Cause I think that my college story would have been much, much different. I feel like, I don't know, it's just so important that Christian community that you talk about, because I, I went to ICU, so I, um, I lived at home, so I didn't really have, like, the college life goal, yeah, like, I was yeah. living in Leroy, so I commuted every day, but in my classes and stuff, I feel like I felt like I was the only one that had my same values, mm-hmm. and... Um, I would hear conversations in the lecture halls and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm so glad I live alone or like live at yeah, home because yeah. you don't I have don't to live want around that, right? Part of the, yeah, I don't <laughs> yes, want to be a part yes. of that. And um, it wasn't until I would go to Canvas Church, is what it was called mm-hmm, at the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go a lot because I worked in Leroy, and I was like, that's really late. I'm going to be tired. <laughs> but um, it wasn't until then that I was like, okay there are people like me, (laughs) you know, in this lecture hall of hundreds of people, Mm -hmm. there are, there is a community that, that shares my same values and things like that. So what kind of struggles do you guys find your students that attend encounter? What is the world like for them, for people listening that are maybe like empty nesters and their kids are in their thirties and maybe they're listening to this, what's going on with this generation right now? Because Sometimes discipleship, like they need people like that, Mm -hmm. that are empty nesters to pour into them and speak wisdom into their lives. So what are you guys seeing Mm -hmm. at Encounter? Well, I I think there's, there's sort of a misconception that floats out there. um, You know, that that especially because we've worked in, in uh, public school campus our whole lives. So secular schools, you know, not, not in private schools. And so there's this misconception that it's these evil, dark places that, that <laughs> Christians aren't. And that, you know, every, every professor is an atheist who's just waiting to, to beat Jesus out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, well, the difficulty is there is a little bit of that, you know what I mean? Like there are some atheist professors who um, have a chip on their shoulder, but that overall that isn't the place that it's been i think i think the campus is sort of a mirror of what our world looks and so you know the the division the cultural divide that you see um you know in our world right now sits on campus and you just i I think it's easier to see it there than you see it in other places you see it more quickly um but all of that to say i think that's everywhere Mm -hmm. i don't think you get away from that i don't think you you get away from that at private school um I, I think there are Jesus-following people everywhere, and I think if, uh, if you set yourself to it, you can find um, authentic Christian community in pretty much whatever place you are. Um, and I think you can find fools wherever you are, mm-hmm. you know? So you can't, you can't uh, 
you are not exiting the the authentic Jesus community by going into some of these secular spaces. And I mean, God's God's big enough where He can handle those things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, and there is a thrive. I mean, not just ours. There are a bunch of different campus ministries on um, ISU's campus that have thriving, authentic Christian community happening in the midst of all of that stuff. Thousands of students involved that mm-hmm. way. So that's not the picture that you get if you're just reading news articles or sort of the fear-mongering yeah. stuff that's put out there. But that's not my view on mm-hmm. what's happening on campus. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Um, I mean, we ended our school year this year with something that's, that, that felt real close to revival. I mean, watching the Holy Spirit do an amazing work. And uh, I just want to drag people into those rooms and be like, do you see Do you see what college students are doing right yeah. now? Yeah, exactly. It was so hard cool. to send them away this year. You yeah. typically by May were like, okay. We can breathe. They're gone. And this year it was, wait, wait, don't go. Don't go. We're just starting. Like this is just beginning. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say in answer to that question that I think one of, I have a lot of favorite things about what we do, but one of my favorite things is those students who come into Illinois State University who maybe have a, have come from a very conservative home life, uh, maybe have been homeschooled their whole life and everything has been sheltered for them. And they walk onto ISU's campus and their eyes get really big, right? Because it's it's the world. Like our, our city at ISU is the world um, as we speak of it as Christians. You know, it's, it's Christians and then we have the world. Um, but watching them come in, see their eyes wide open, and see their faith challenged in a way it's never been challenged before. Um, They've never had to answer for why do I follow Jesus, because that's just what they grew up in. No one ever asked that question, right? Because you grew up in that. That's what you do as a Christian family. You go to church, you love Jesus, you've gotten baptized, you've done all the things, but no one's ever asked the question, why? Why do you do that? Why do you love Jesus? They've never asked themselves that question. And so watching them come into a Christian community, even with people who come from all different backgrounds as them, even that is a challenge of, well, I believe baptism is this. Why do you believe it's that? Why do you believe that about communion? I believe this about it. Um, But watching their eyes get open is one and see their heart change for the world, um, that they understand that they have a role to play in that. Um, to show Jesus to our city that they've never been shown before, that they've never been told, hey, you have a role in this city that's unique to, because you're not home anymore. You don't have that shelter of home anymore. You actually have to make that decision for yourself. Decide that I follow Jesus and this is why I follow him and this is why I'm going to go and tell my friends who've never heard about him before. Um, that's one of my favorite things. I love watching these freshmen come in, you know, who are expecting an extension of youth group. And then they go, oh. <laughs> one of my favorite stories, honestly, of that is we, this was several years ago. And I remember she came to Ben after an event that we had had at the campus house. Our building sits right on campus, pretty much. We're across from the Bone Student Center. And on a Saturday night, we were having some event in our building. And a couple of guys who had been drinking walked by on the sidewalk and entered our building, mm-hmm. intoxicated. 
And she was appalled that they would come into our building, that they were drinking, and why would they come in there? I was like, no, that's amazing. Bring them in. That is like, we love that. We love that we get to meet them and love on them. And it's not a bad thing. That's why we like where we're at. So we're right in the center of all of it. And so that was a, and she came from very conservative background and was just like, we, no, we have to be separated. We have to, these people cannot come to our things. Oh, no. You don't understand where you're at. So yeah. let's sit down and talk about that. Aww. That's really good. Wow. Especially like in this world where I feel like <clears throat> there's always been deconstruction that's happened. You know, like uh, especially, you know, throughout history, you, you see that like people have worked to deconstruct their faith in a way. Um, but now it's like a hot button topic. Mm. Because I think social media has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, the way we view like conservative Christianity, uh, progressive Christianity, like this, all like this big, like, you know, sexy thing to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. um, so when you get to college, you know, there's this, as you said, Ben, there's this negativity put on that, like, mm. oh, you go there, you're just going to get rocked, yeah. you know, but finding other Christians that are walking through those same questions, same mm -hmm. strategies and figuring out, okay, this is how I grew up. But my mom and dad are gone now. Like, how do I figure this out on my own? It's so important that you guys have helped, not just you. I know there's other, like there's so many other campus ministries around this country, this world that are doing amazing things, but just trying to help them process through and have a healthy space to process it's so important because yeah. um, there's so many questions, right? Mm -hmm. We used to joke like in campus ministry that we talked about three things. We talked about salvation, predestination for some reason. <laughs> That's and on the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and alcohol. Like those were the oh, things, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's just like, oh yeah. So it's like <laughs> one of those like pictures of like, we had people to talk to with that. You know, we had people to process through with that. Mm -hmm. And now there's so many more things to talk yeah. about. Yeah. But to have that community is so, so key. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll bounce off of that because I mentioned like older people mentoring mm -hmm. college students. But man, this generation of college students, and I'm not far from that, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, I'm a millennial and they are like freshmen, they're considered Gen Z, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I feel like this Gen Z generation is so good about the mingling of different cultures mm -hmm. where other people are like that lady, like, yeah. no, they can't come here. I feel like <laughs> right. this generation will be like, no, we want to show them yeah. the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like they're mm -hmm. so good at that. And yeah. I feel like that's how this next generation can sharpen the older generation. Yeah. That's yeah. The I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe. So we are going to talk a little bit more about the importance of finding Christian community in college. Mm -hmm. Um, similar to my personal story that I just shared, shared about me in college and finding that Christian community right away as, as already a follower of Jesus, um, those first two weeks of college, um, I don't think that a high school senior understands walking in how much thousands of people want their attention. Um, every sorority, every fraternity, every club on campus are going to be trying to lure them in and there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure coming on and where like where do I belong where do I fit well I kind of like to throw a frisbee so maybe over here or you know wow I like to dress like my girlfriend so maybe over here um and how vital and important it is to lock in to 
Christian community those mm-hmm. first couple weeks because we have seen time and time and time again, whatever you choose that first month of college is pretty much where you're going to stay um, your entire college career. Not always, um, or we'll have students who come in those first few weeks, you know, we, okay, mom, I found my found my church, you know, I found where I'm going to go, and then go off and experience the drinking partying life and come back their junior year and say, okay, <laughs> I I need to come back to my faith um, and how many baptisms we've seen junior and senior year of yeah. college that have that story of I I walked away and I I tried this and that and this and that but I know I know I need to come back to my faith this is where I need to be um, so those those first couple weeks are vital even if they walk away for a little bit they know where to come back to. Um, they know where the safe place is. They know, like you said, Matt, where they can come and say, hey, I'm drinking and I don't know how to stop and I need help. And that we're a safe place to come and sit and walk through that. We're not going to say, well, go away and come back when you stop drinking. Um, that's mm-hmm. not it at all. Our students walk through so many hard things. And also um, in finding us in the beginning or finding some sort of Christian community in the beginning, it is... It's crazy to me um, how many students, when they go away to college and they spend, you know, usually it's six months to a year of being away from home and being away from that safety and shelter of what they've known their whole life um, and trauma will start rearing its ugly head. Things that they thought they had either gotten over or didn't even remember after they get out of that environment and they sit and those things start coming back and memories of trauma start coming back. Um, and if they found a safe place to walk through that with, that's huge. Um, trying to imagine that, cause that's going to rear its ugly head, whether you're sitting alone in your dorm room and you have nobody, or if you have a solid community around you and it happens all the time that we'll have a student come in and say, I'm having these dreams. I'm having these memories and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know if it's real. I don't know what's going on. And most of the time it's, you know, saying your brain is telling you something and it has the space to tell you now that it didn't have before. And so there, I mean, that's just one of the important reasons of finding that community in the beginning is to just be a safe place to struggle um, safe place to cry, to walk through life, um, to have best friends, to do that with at two, three o'clock in the morning, because that's what college students do. Uh, that's when they share their their deepest scars and wounds is is in the middle of the night in the early hours of the morning. And as adults, somehow we shut that off and we don't we don't talk about those things. Not even in small group are we going to share our deepest, darkest things. But college students are unique that way. They don't know that they're not supposed to quote unquote um for whatever reason we reach a certain age and we're like oh we don't talk about these things anymore Uh, but that's one of the reasons i love college students because they don't know that yet um they don't know that they're not supposed to be real and authentic and um just naked really like that that we i use that phrase all the time is you you are you have just unclothed yourself before the lord and allowing him to reach every part of you and that's beautiful um, so I love being that space for them. No, that's good. I, I, I think that's my story with two weeks. Like, cause before I went to ISU, like I kind of had that like moment where I was like, I'm going to, you know, you know, we all kind of like, I'm going to follow Jesus in college. So I'm going to do. And then that first week mm-hmm. I started going to parties, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, I even checked out encounter. Like I came and like to a thing 
but the other stuff was what really pulled me in and yeah. I chose that, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, it was, a, I mean, it was a while before, like, I was like, okay, I need to get back into what this looks like, mm -hmm. you know? So I read, I read an article like three days ago. Um, this is a study that Lifeway did, um, I think in 2019, but it was, it was with 2000 people who had left the church. Um, and they asked him why. So basically just, just trying to categorize these different answers to why did you walk away when you were involved in a, in a Jesus community of some kind, 96% um, said that they, it was, it was due to a life change, like either a change in job or going away to college. Those were, that's what 96% of there were other answers buried within that 96% when they got into more detail. But I don't think that people understand, you know, a, a lot of people walk away from Jesus community when they hit college. And I think there's this, there's this perception that there's a giant crisis of faith that comes in that space. And usually in my experience, it's not the case. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, other, it, it's, it's walking uphill to find that kind of community. You have to do it intentionally, yeah. you know? And so if you just drift in the stream, you drift other places yeah. without question. And so many people drift mm -hmm. um, one way or the other, you know? Um, so, uh, so talk about that. Like, you know, what does it look like when a, when a freshman comes in, like, what are your hopes for them by the time that they graduate? Like, what, what do you, what do you desire? What do you see? Like, what, what do you want for them when they're like, okay, thank you guys, you know, um, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. What, what are you hopeful for them when they walk out your doors? Oh man, I'm going to work really hard to be concise on that question because that's a biggie. Yeah. But um, I, whew, okay, yeah, let me, let me start in this space. A few years ago, we had a parent of a, of a student in our ministry that we asked to speak at a banquet. I knew, this, I knew this guy was awesome, but I had no idea. I mean, we're asking him to speak in front of a group of people and I didn't know what he was going to say, which is a dangerous ask. Hmm. So, you know, in front of five, 600 people, he stands up and said, you know, when, when my daughter started coming to this ministry, um, I was really grateful that she had found a safe place while she was in college. And during her time in college, I realized I was very mistaken on this being a safe place for her. <laughs> He's like, Encounter has not been a safe space for her. It's been a very challenging space for our family because when God has put it on her heart to go to Cambodia on a missions trip, I had to struggle as a dad to be like, okay, wait a second. Wow. This is less safe than I had thought. <laughs> so, and, and God eventually started pulling her. She was an education major and started pulling her into just this idea that he, God was calling her into working in um, low-income schools. And, and, you know, her dad's like, wait, wait a second. These aren't safe decisions but they're not, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't always call us to, to safe places. And, um, and I think that's the beauty of it. I, I want to see people's faith go from, um, there's a lot of consumerism in the American church, you know, and so it's, it's easy to be an attender and a consumer and, um, and to, to treat church like it's a product, um, especially in the Midwest, you know, on the East and West coasts, if you're listening to this, that, that you don't resonate with that as much, but in the, in the Bible belt, still church is a part of people's cultural experience. Um, so what I want for them, I, I want them to go from something that has felt, uh, like it sort of overlaps their world a little mm -hmm. bit to consuming them, 
you know, to that Jesus is true, that the, that the word sits at the core of, of the Jesus following life for them, that it changes who they marry, that it changes how they think about their vocation, that, the, that it changes everything that comes along the path. And uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I know that that's, that's big, but there's also something so different. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of junior high and high school youth there's a different vibe in the room when you have, it's a split room of some people are on fire for the Lord and want to be there. Some people, their parents had to drag them that morning. And it's like, it feels like military school to them. You know, they're being dropped off, dropped off in a place that they do not want to be. And you catch that vibe <laughs> from a long way Matt, away. Matt, you see those faces, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. And I, we one, have heard. One of those my daughter. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we have heard so many testimonies from people who, college students who said, I walked into the room and I have never experienced experienced anything like that before where I've seen a few hundred college students who did not have to be there who chose to show up because they wanted to worship and they're worshiping in a different way because of it and And it's a different it's a different kind of passion like like I said before it's unhindered because they don't have to be there they get to choose it and that that there's just this unleashing that happens that's never happened for them before I just, I love watching Jesus surprise people. I feel like he sneaks up on them and suddenly he's asking things of them and doing things with them and grace becomes real to them in a way that they've, you know, living in forgiveness um, and and with a different kind of hope and taking Christ's word seriously. It's like, and that's infectious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a few people catch that vision and then it, it, it leads to something different in the people around them. That's, and yeah, that kind of fruit that we get to see in campus ministry is a blast yeah. every year. We, we, or I, I'll say I, will often say <laughs> I have the best job in the world and I will invite people to argue with me, like mm. prove me wrong, yeah. prove me wrong that I have the best job in the world because the front row seat that we get to life change on a daily basis just doesn't happen in the local church as much as intense because that is, we're in such a small pocket of age that those four years, two years, however long we have them. Um, there's so much life change that happens in that short amount of time and arguably the most vital years of your life. Um, cause I feel like a lot of times the decisions and the habits and the things that students decide in college carry on, uh, for the rest of their life, that this is the first time they're out being an adult in an adult world and they're making decisions for themselves. Um, and what I, I mean, there's so many things I love about my job, but another one would be that we don't get to keep our people, um, that we say hello and goodbye all the time. That is the life that we live. Yeah, and we call ourselves an airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get to keep them. Um, and we won't keep them. We will, we will send them away <laughs> eventually. Um, but that we get to have that time with them to invest in them, to, to, um, disciple them into followers of Jesus and then send them out. Like we are a sending agency. We are sending missionaries all over the world sometimes, um, that they can, and that is our parting words with them is please carry encounter with you, mm-hmm. um, carry what you've learned here, go infect your small group mm-hmm. with the authenticity and the realness that you've experienced here. Don't let your small group tell you, you know, show you that we're not supposed to share real things. You go and share those real things and you infect and you and change, you change your small group with what you've experienced here. Um, as a college student. And so we love that. We love that we get to follow that. I get phone calls all the time from alumni, you know, hey, I'm really struggling in my marriage. I need, like, we we are the people that they come back to. And I love 
that. I love that so much that, um, that, yeah, I don't, I I just love my job. Those (laughs) are the kind of people we want to release into the local church. You know, the future elders and leaders who have an absolute passion for Christ and love other people well. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my dream. That's awesome. And if I can just brag on you guys for a little bit, over the last year, I have just gotten to know so many. I feel like a lot of freshmen. Like, Mm -hmm. I've gotten to know a lot of freshmen that are like, oh, yeah, I go to Encounter. We have a lot of freshmen. It's like through (laughs) Eastview Sports Mm -hmm. or at Mm Chick-fil-A, there's a ton of Encounter people. And I'm like, whoa, this community, it's popping. Like, it's everywhere. And you ask them to serve, they serve. Like, their heart is just, like, focused on the Lord right Mm -hmm. now. And it's amazing to see that everywhere. Mm -hmm. All over social media, everywhere I go, I'm like, yeah. You seem like an encounter person because you have this kind of like joy about you that they're just going and getting it. So it's been really cool to see. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, just like you guys call yourself an airport, that was a good flyover of college ministry. Um, so not even planned. Hey, if you want to check out, I encourage you to check out stuff with ISU Encounter. You can find them on Instagram. Absolutely. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them online. Um, just please go check out what they've got going on. Uh, and this has been good. We, we look forward to this season and all that's going to happen through life and phases coming up. And uh, we've got a little little sneak peek next next episode. Our friend Stuart Blade is coming. Yes. Um, so excited for Stuart. Yeah. So so please check that out. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if you're not already share it with your friends uh, if you know a parent or a college student that's getting ready to go off to school this is a great conversation for them to to sit and listen to together individually however maybe that would draw them into a conversation about what christian community looks like for them so we appreciate you um, so glad that you're here with us and we look forward to what this season is going to bring ben joe emily thanks for being here yeah. thanks for having us so thanks much for having us. Having us. all right thanks a lot